Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Fantasy football doesn't always have to be hard. We don't have to make it that much more difficult on ourselves. And in the big board, Superflex, or any other Superflex tournament out there in best ball, Fantasy Football, FFPC, Underdog, any other platform, your home league, your home Superflex league. There's one really simple and easy way to crush your Superflex drafts and tournaments. Just stop running, stop drafting all those damn running backs early in the drafts. Pretty simple, pretty easy. We're going to get into it today. Zero running back in Superflex. And we're going to hop into big board draft. Let's do it. Anyone that knows me, probably not the least bit surprised that we're talking not drafting running backs in a fantasy football or a best ball draft. But in all seriousness, diving into this big board Superflex tournament on underdog, the main, what I would call kind of their main Superflex tournament that's out there right now, basically the main tournament out on underdog leading up to the NFL draft. As of right now, they're frequently launching lots of new tournaments all the, all the time. So, uh, you know, that can change. Who knows what kind of tournaments we'll get leading up to the NFL draft. But as of now, we have a super flex tournament to dive into. The strategy clearly changes drastically for super flex. For anyone that has not played super flex before, really super quick breakdown. What underdog has done is remove a starting wide receiver position from your starting lineup. You draft the same amount of players right now, 20. You draft the same amount of players, but instead of starting three wide receivers, you take out a wide receiver and you add what they call a super flex position, meaning any of your players can fill that super flex starting lineup spot. Also quarterbacks. Everyone knows that quarterbacks are high scoring, high floor in particular, especially in half point PPR. You know, It's not DraftKings with... 100-yard bonuses and all that. So your quarterbacks, are especially the dual-threat quarterbacks, are naturally going to score higher than the other positions. So you want to be filling out, obviously, your quarterback position with a quarterback, but your super flex position with a quarterback, ideally. Of course, you don't really care. You want to score the most points, but usually the quickest route to the most points in the super flex is with a quarterback. So you would think, well, dummy, Let's just draft a bunch of the early quarterbacks, right? And I don't need to draft as many wide receivers. So pretty straightforward. Let's get these 
awesome quarterbacks, these awesome running backs, maybe an awesome tight end. And then just, right, I only need to get two wide receivers. Why do I need those guys? I can draft the other positions. That might make sense. Maybe if you're building a, you know, a, a home league super flex team and you're just trying to beat out, you know, eight to 10 of your league mates, go for it. In these tournaments, we're trying to finish first. We're trying to finish first out of, sorry, I should have had this pulled up. We're trying to finish first out of, whoops. Here's the rankings. If I pop over to the main draft room and I go over, you see the big board Superflex, 56,160 teams. We got to finish first out of that, right? We're trying to take home, as I scroll here, there's a $100,000 top, top prize. Even if I get 10th, right? Scroll down just a little bit more. I get 10th. That's four grand. That's amazing. Everyone wants to turn $10 into four grand. But that's still 10th. Only nine people can beat you in this this whole tournament just to get four grand. Scroll a little bit further, right? Okay, so you get a hundredth out of fifty six thousand people getting a hundredth place. That's awesome, four hundred dollars. And again, turning ten bucks into four hundred dollars is great, but turning ten bucks into four hundred dollars when you made the final, you had one of the best teams possible. It's prob probably a little underwhelming. That's not what you're hoping for when you're shooting for this first place prize of 100000 So the goal is to finish first or give ourselves the best shot into first place as possible. And so what I believe to be the most advantageous way to take advantage of the ADPs and everything that exists in Superflex is actually zero running back shocker. I know everyone knows that I am a big fan of the zero running back strategy, but in particular in the big board Superflex, I really do think that Zero running back is probably the greatest edge that exists because of, let me go over to the rankings really quick so we can take a look at ADP. If I go over to the ADP, see I'm over on the Superflex ADP. Look where all the quarterbacks are going, right? Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, Fields, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar, all in the first round. Deshaun Watson, sometimes in the first round, depending upon the draft room you're in. Dak Prescott, sometimes in the first round, depending upon the draft room you're in, right? Tua is almost in the first. Daniel Jones is firmly a second rounder, probably creeps up to the beginning of the second, depending upon the room that you're in, right? And we just look at some of these quarterbacks that are double-digit round picks in these other formats. If you want quarterbacks, depending again, depending upon the room that you're in, if you want quarterbacks, you have to pay for them. And you do need some kind of quarterback play. Now, We'll definitely talk as we hop into the draft about maybe some ways that we can dive into the quarterback position and win without spending all of our early round picks on quarterbacks. But you you are going to need quarterback scoring, right? All of our league mates are going to be having probably quality scores in the quarterback and the super flex quite often given these ADPs. Everybody's taking all the, the best quarterbacks very, very early. And so how can we gain an edge still produce quality scores at every single position. And in particular, when it comes to that end of the season, right, we're trying to win that $100,000, have our players peaking at that time, at that time of the season. Zero running back allows us to find running backs given their depressed ADPs, right? So you think to a normal 
last year. Now I know Christian McCaffrey doesn't go 101 this season, and technically he didn't really go 101 last year, but some people might have had him as their 101, right? Him and Jonathan Taylor, you see at the top of the running back list. 10th or 11th overall for CMC. JT barely makes it into the second round. So this then has a cascading effect down the rest of the running back pool, right? I can get quote unquote zero RB targets that are not really zero RB targets. As I scroll, look at some of these names. And I'm not saying I'm not, you know, uh, putting the stamp of approval on any of these names in particular. They're just a reference point. Najee Harris going in the 50s in ADP. Dalvin Cook in the almost into the 70s. Aaron Jones in the 70s. Jameer Gibbs, the RB2 rookie prospect, almost in the 80s. Miles Sanders now set for a big workload with Carolina in the 80s. J.K. Dobbins also in the 80s. DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery say whatever you want about them. Pick your poison. Draft them both. I don't care. In the 90s. Joe Mixon, who has been a second-round pick, a one-two turn pick most seasons. Samaji P. Ryan now gone for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon, 93rd overall. Cam Akers, probably my favorite guy. Cam Akers comes on super, super strong down the stretch last year and actually proves Maybe that third round pick that people were spending on him last year, not so crazy. Now should get Stafford back, cut back. Rams kind of recharging the offense, retooling, if you will. But they don't, it's him and Kyron Williams right now in the backfield. Cam Akers set for a workhorse role that you can get as a, in the 97 ADP. So how does, how does this all come together, right? Okay, I'm going to get my quarterbacks. I understand now I have some really appealing running backs pushed way down the board. But how does it come together from a roster construction standpoint? Well, because you and everyone know that wide receiver is devalued across the board, you can still get the elite production at wide receiver without having without having to spend like that first round pick, even maybe sometimes your second round pick, right? You can still get those quarterbacks or a elite quarterback if you want. You can do so many different things and still spend these early picks on some of these wide receivers, right? Give me... Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Give me those guys, and then I only need to take a couple of the elite wide receivers. A lot of the times, for me personally, I'm taking like five total wide receivers. I'm taking some extra quarterbacks. Maybe, you know, two to three tight ends. Maybe just one if I take Kelsey. Tight end's a little bit peculiar. But I know that I can just load up on all of these zero running back air quotes, zero running back, running back targets. And some now that are going to skyrocket in value, right? There's rookies. There's guys who still haven't signed that are free agents. There's things that are going to change even between now and, you know, the summer when we're actually drafting for best ball mania and other tournaments. And I'm going to get supreme value out of these running backs, right? Um, I'm thinking about, uh, uh, he's been in our little circles, our little sicko circles, in best ball, the uh, Israel Abanakanda, the pit running back in this year's NFL draft class, uh, has really skyrocketed up boards here in this in this big board Superflex tournament. But like he's one example. Like, what if he goes much earlier than we think? What if he goes to a team where he ends up as the starting running back, and he's available super late here because of the time of year that we're drafting. There's going to be guys back here, right? If if the Bengals don't get another running back, Joe Mixon is not going this this late at running back. 
uh, when we get to May. Sorry to tell you, I don't think Cam Akers is going to go this late regardless, but same thing. If they don't add a running back, Cam Akers ain't, isn't going back here. You know, honestly, the Falcons, if Tyler Algier, if they don't add a running back, he's not going this late. You know, maybe Zach Charbonnet is the starting running back for uh, a certain team, right? People are very worried about Rashad Penny, which I kind, kind of find a, a little funny given his upside. But look at all these, you know, Alvin Kamara, say what you want about his legal troubles and and kind of general decline of play overall, but 120th overall, 120th. Damian Harris, now the new hammerback for the Bills, probably going to score some freaking touchdowns <laughs> being that type of a, a runner that he is and on the Buffalo Bills, 130th overall. You can just stockpile a bunch of these awesome running back picks, some of which are awesome as standalone guys, some of which um, we'll get to a little bit more. I'm writing up our core picks for this Superflex, uh, for all Superflex tournaments, but it's obviously a little bit geared towards the big board. You'll have guys like, like Jerome Ford. He's a, he's a guy I'm kind of putting my, my stamp on. I'm flag planting Jerome Ford. But because right now he's the backup to Nick Chubb. I'm not expecting that he's going to have a ton of standalone value, frankly. Jerome Ford, you never know. Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, these guys had standalone value alongside Nick Chubb. Um, I prefer Nick Chubb, obviously. But Nick Chubb goes in the third round. I can get A.J. Brown, right? <laughs> you know, the, the A.J. Browns of the world or a quarterback or another elite wide receiver. And then I have these contingent value running backs like a Jerome Ford, right? Like, a, let's see down here. Dante Foreman is a, not necessarily a contingent value guy, right? But all these guys could be Jalen Warren had emerged down the stretch in Pittsburgh. I can stockpile all these guys who are going to naturally rise in ADP in other formats and have a loaded running back room and take advantage of the format with the wide receivers by still winning wide receiver with the superstars. Just give me the superstars, right? Give me these awesome, awesome elite wide receivers, and I don't need very many of them. Then I just stockpile these running backs. The running backs are going to obviously fill my two running back spots, but they can also help me. Uh, you know, that depth of running back down the board can help me in the flex. The super flex can help me uh, in, in a lot of positions. And you just can't get the wide receiver late that offers you. Of course, there's there's always, you know, I do like some. Tyquan Thornton is one of my guys, right? There, everybody, there are some interesting wide receivers that could, of course, break out into a, a much higher tier. But generally speaking, because the wide receivers don't get the t same kind of contingent value that a wide receiver, that running backs get a contingent. Right when Chris Carson went down two years ago, Rashad Penny was the guy you needed for Seattle because he was the man now with Chris Carson gone. Right when Devin Singletary became the workhorse for the Bills because they just said, you know what, Zach Moss, you stink. <laughs> Devin Singletary, we trust you. You're going to play every snap. Right. Those kind of things happen when when if, if something happens to Christian McCaffrey, God forbid, Eli Mitchell, like an absolute smash. They become RB. They become like first or second round picks in terms of their weekly projection and weekly upside. That doesn't, you know, very rarely an Amon Ross St. Brown or a Justin Jefferson pop up from way back there. But even then, now we're we're much smarter about how we handle some of the young rookies or young breakout wide receivers. You just can't get that level of upside late, but you can get that level of upside, especially weeks 15, 16, and 17, 
where we know it's chaos. We know that there's going to be injured running backs. We know that there's going to be some of these contingent value things play out there. And we know that the elite wide receivers, of course, if they, they have to stay healthy, but I also only need two. Technically, I only need two of those guys to be there and pop for me as the elite wide receivers in those, in those playoff rounds. And it allows me to create the, high, the highest upside overall team. With, I'm going to have good quarterbacks because I'm not, I'm not, you know, hurting at that position. You have to, you have to navigate, right? You got to play. It's a little game of hopscotch. You know, you got a, a double Dutch, I guess it would be. You got to, you got to figure out when to hop in on quarterback and when to hop out, but you're able to attack quarterback. You're able to get superstar wide receivers and you're able to get a loaded running back, like running back rooms that you can draft now in this format. You won't be able to get even like, even though you're waiting right? You can put together a running back room of Joe Mixon, Cam Akers, and Eli Mitchell, and uh, my guy, Jerome Ford, and some rookies, right? You like a Banacanda, you like uh, Charbonnet, do you like Antonio Gibson to come out this year, Samaj P. Ryan with Javante having, you know, that serious injury, right? Maybe you still like Brian Robinson, Damian Harris, the aforementioned. You can create a running back room of like eight of these guys, because you're not spending that many picks on wide receiver. And so it's a little bit of a, of a unique blend of zero running back. And the way the ADPs have shaken out in this particular tournament, just it's ripe. It's absolutely ripe for zero running back. So I, I do really like a couple of the early round running backs, but I think generally across my portfolio, my strategy is going to be almost entirely zero running back. And then, excuse me, mixing and matching, which elite quarterbacks I'm taking, mixing in some Travis Kelsey, mixing through all the elite wide receivers, and then just giving myself a million shots on goal with these running backs that all have a ton of upside, absolutely a ton of upside. Um, I think you'll find that if you draft, let's go to wide receiver. If you draft Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave or Amon Ross St. Brown or someone like that, plus cam Akers, or insert your running back of choice in those mid to late rounds if you have this little 2v2 decision you say give me amon ross St. brown and joe mixon versus let's go to the running backs here versus kenneth walker and let's check out a wide receiver in the 90s kenneth walker and Traylon burks kenneth walker and brandon cooks I like Kenneth Walker and I don't even like, I don't even like hate some of these wide receivers, right? I like John Dotson just fine. But when you do that comparison between those two, which one would you prefer? I, it's pretty clear to me when you, when you look at a, a, just a weekly projection, but also a ceiling projection, Joe Mixon scored 1 million touchdowns in a game, this, <laughs> in a game, in a game this year, he can be the RB one. No offense to Brandon cooks. Uh, even on the Cowboys, he can have a good year but he can't match what the superstar wide receivers can do. Sorry, we froze up there just a smidge. All right, now that we talked through that, it's time to put it into practice in a draft. See if we can fill this puppy real quick. One more. You, you, you psychos. Were you waiting? Were you guys sitting in this room already and, uh, and waiting? Looks like we're filled. Looks like a lot, a lot of badges let me zoom definitely definitely friends and family Dorado 
Felix. Lots of badges. And agree. Uh, Jake says, smash that like button. Rob says, smash that like button. Yeah, they were, the, the leeches, Ben, were hanging out already in the draft room waiting for it, waiting for it to fill. There might be an overflow. I don't know if there's anybody else watching, other people that might have tried to get in. There might be an overflow draft room. I imagine that we can fill a, another one with the people watching. And you guys can uh, let us know how that one's going while we're talking this one through. So this is an interesting picking at the end, uh, you know, mid to late in the first round, which is where I'm drafting out of the 108, is always super interesting because you're gonna you're gonna get to see. Uh, I, I really gotta remember to. Uh, you see that I need to log into my spike. I gotta remember to use Firefox instead of Chrome so that I have my overlays working. Um falling into the trap of rob yeah this is as he said excited to watch you draft from the worst spot in a super flex draft 108 is just terrible you're either gonna you're never gonna get one of the be- the elite quarterbacks and then if you but if you don't take that next tier of quarterback right if you don't take the second tier what happens are you just gonna lock yourself out of quarterback see you're the first four picks all quarterbacks are you gonna are you gonna Go more of a zero quarterback, or are you gonna take a lesser elite guy in the first freaking round? Right? It's like, am I gonna take Joe Burrow over Justin Jefferson? I mean, Joe Burrow obviously goes there, but it's like that's always such a difficult thing. I, I don't. I'm not saying I have the right answer, but I'm saying if you if you use our ranks, you're definitely uh, you're definitely going to be getting. Uh, more of some of these later quarterbacks and more of the Justin Jeffersons of the world. That is for sure. So I'm interested to see how this, what does that say? NASCAR recruiter? Oh, no. NASA recruiter. Must be going to the moon. That's a sweet name. NASA recruiter. Let's see. All right. On the clock. Seven straight quarterbacks off the board. And I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I told you, I'm not taking Justin Herbert over over Justin Jefferson. I don't care about the format. Do, Doovy, I assume this is Doovy. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. Doovy says, going with this strategy, a late draft position is preferred. No. So that is part of the counterpoint is... Obviously, it's very dependent upon how your room shakes out. It's a little uncomfortable when the entire rest of the room is smashing all these quarterbacks because you do like it's a balancing act, right? You you want to you want to get value. You don't want to just chase the position because everyone else is chasing it, but you also do still have to create a team that can score enough points to win. So it's a it's a really delicate balancing act. It's like um, not the same thing. But a little bit similar to, you know, it happens in a lot of spike week drafts. Our friends over at Ship Chasing, right, have the really wide receiver heavy rooms. You can say, well, they're all going to go wide receiver heavy. So I'm going to, I'm going to zig when they zag and go the opposite direction, right? It would be going away from quarterbacks in this, in that it would be going, I was kind of hoping Dak would fall. In, in that it would be going away from wide receivers. But, you can get locked out of the position and just build a bad team, even though you're going against the grain, right? So it's definitely that delicate, that delicate uh, 
balancing act. All right. So see here, we're just going to keep on. I'm taking, I'm taking Tyreek. I think if I can figure out how to make quarterback work here, obviously the format of this show, you know, I'm not really interested in the, the early running backs, quite frankly, outside of Travis Kelsey. I also don't particularly care about tight end. I have a lot of punt tight ends I'm willing to invest in, and I'm not going to draft very many wide receivers. So it gives me some extra flexibility at tight end. So I'm not really worried about that position. So I'm really just balancing how to attack quarterback with these wide receivers. If I can, if you can figure out how to create a good quarterback room and you have Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, I think you're in pretty good shape come playoff time. <laughs> That's good. Ben says, I take Lamar and Trevor and uh, Trevor Lawrence before I take Jefferson, et cetera. And then I either pivot to Dak or Tyreek and Cup. Yeah, I think how you handle that tier. Let me pull back up the board. Sorry. How you handle, right. Um, I mean, I, there's definitely a clear top three. I think Fields is. Uh, sorry, my dogs are annoying each other. I think Fields is a, a fairly clear fourth. Um, but then like, even after that, obviously I really love Lamar, but there's a, we can say we draft for upside, but drafting a player fifth or sixth overall, who probably actually has questions about whether he's even going to play this season. It is a factor. So I, I think you get to burrow Lamar Lawrence, definitely Herbert, those guys, Dak. It's like, you're just taking a quarterback to fill out the position. And of course they're good. No, I'm not certainly not hating on Dak or any of those guys, but they're not game-changing players at the position. They do have somewhat replaceable projections like on a weekly basis. If you hit on a later guy, he right? Like if you hit on Daniel Jones last year, if you had Daniel Jones versus having Justin Herbert and Dak and like, it didn't matter. You, you would rather have the Jefferson plus Daniel Jones, right? Obviously Daniel Jones is going in the second of these, but you get the point. If you find this year's Daniel Jones, um, Good question. Adam says, what round do you need to draft your first running back for it to be considered zero RB? Um, it's a great question, and I'll give you a half answer. There is definitely no specific round that you have to draft your first running back. We have to create, like when we're doing content or like we build those things into our tools, um, you have to create some kind of, of definition in terms of the content and the tools, but Really, the strategy has no specific round like um, markers. Some you're, you could have a zero running back team with the first running back in the sixth round. You could have a zero running back team with the first running back in the eleventh round. It it is more so just about kind of essentially waiting on running back, right? Loading up more running backs in terms of quantity that you draft, and 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 spending your elite picks your highest end picks on the other positions. And so I think it generally is going to be somewhere between like a, a lot of zero running back teams are going to be maybe round seven to 10 is where your first running back is taken. But again, that's flexible. Like if, if you said this is a zero running back team and I took my first running back at the six Oh two, like it's, it's totally fine. Or if you said I'm going really crazy zero RB and my first running back isn't until round 12. And then I'm just going to load up on all these, on all these guys. Ooh. I think I have Devonte Smith as my next highest ranked player. I'm trying to look at what quarterback looks like here. 
I'm going to take Devontae Smith. I don't even have my own rankings memorized. I should probably memorize those. I'm trying to double check and see so that I'm not going against what I put out there. You just polished up these Superflex rankings the other day. Let's see here. Yes, because Garrett Wilson was gone, right? Yeah. Garrett Wilson, Devontae Smith, and Chris Olave are all right next to each other in these rankings, so I'm sure Olave will not make it back. Let's look at the quarterback landscape. Good God. Awful. Yeah, see, the the problem for me with Goff, Ben says Goff could be this year's Danny Dimes. The problem for me with Goff is he just has to run so pure because there's zero rushing, like literally zero rushing. And I love the Lions. I'm drafting tons, tons of the Lions. But now Goff is is kind of expensive. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's that's part of the problem for me. With this is also okay. Thank God for taking. All right, now I'm taking Olave. So we're going to have a zero running back, zero quarterback team here, which will be kind of fun, actually. And we can see the power of having freaking Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith, and Chris Olave. Like, theoretically, you could probably stop with these four wide receivers. And I might. <laughs> we'll see how this, we'll see how this, the rest of this draft shakes out. But like, I think you could theoretically stop with these four wide receivers and just say between these four, they're going to fill out my two wide receiver spots. They'll mix in elsewhere, depending upon how their big games come, come together. Um, so, but this is what you can get when you just kind of let the room come to you. Right. I could have taken Herbert or something like that. But I, I think I'm fairly confident in a, a good clip of these later quarterbacks, and then I'll take a high a a, a bunch of them, and I'm probably going to take you know maybe three late round tight ends and a whole boatload of uh, running backs, you know four, four or five quarterbacks, three tight ends. So let's just let's just say for for funsies, we take five quarterbacks on this team because I don't have one yet. And I'm going to take three tight ends, right? Tight end is the one thing where I understand, you know, the arguments for being crazy, taking just four with your last four picks or something like that. But particularly in this format, I just need the quarterback, like the what the quarterback can bring to you and what the running backs can bring to you is just so much more important that I'm still really, even when I'm punting the position, and it's just such a low scoring position, like, even if you hit on that that tight end, the, the argument would be, oh, if I hit on that tight end, particularly in week 17, I got more shots on it to find the one tight end who scores 20 points. But like you also don't have to have, you know, the the absolute stone nuts at tight end, in my opinion, but you're gonna have to have right uh the quarterback that scores 40 or the wide receiver that scores 40. So I'll still probably only draft three tight ends. So anyway, let's just call it five quarterbacks on this team because I'm clearly not going to have very many good ones <laughs> and may not have that many that are even starting at the start of the season. Let's say five quarterbacks, three tight ends. That's eight. If I stick with these four 
wide receivers, I'm still getting eight running backs and probably some pretty good ones. So like that's still a really, really strong team that you can build if you start with this zero running back start. Right? If I had started with some quarter, right? If I had a top three pick, I'd have a freaking quarterback or two on my team. <laughs> Very fitting that uh, Trey Lance is already up there on the board. I definitely got a plan of what I want to do here, I think. Yeah. All right. Anthony Richardson time. I have Anthony Richardson ranked ahead of uh, the other rookies and ahead of all these other quarterbacks here on my board. He is, which is just posted on spikeweek.com, core picks. He is one of three quarterbacks that are core picks for me slash us in Superflex drafts. And um, it's really pretty simple, particularly on, particularly on this type of a team where I'm chasing points at quarterback, right? Everybody else has better quarterbacks than me. <laughs> Everybody. I need to find the guys that can fall, that can pop and far exceed this draft cost, right? Because I'm going to have awesome wide receivers. I believe in the uh, running back room you can put together with the zero RB structure, but I need to find quarterbacks that can pop up here for me, right? That can emerge from back here with real upside. Like I don't have, I don't really have a problem with um, Stafford Pickett, right? Those guys, but they're just like clicking on them and praying to get 18 or 20 points. Like you can mix through, you can mix in a, a guy or two like that as well. But what I really need to win this tournament on this team is to find the guy who is bringing real upside and, I have no idea how Anthony Richardson is going to be in the NFL. I don't know where he's going to be drafted. I don't know when he's going to start or if he's going to start this year. But I know that based on his athleticism, archetype, physical tools, and draft capital, all these things, he is going to have a massive, massive ceiling when and if he's on the field. And so I need that on these kinds of teams. And those are the kinds of players I want to draft in best ball. It's really funny that Lance is... Lance is too. <laughs> Sorry. I just saw. There goes. So I'm actually going to take CJ Stroud. I know I'm taking CJ Stroud over Lance, but I need, um, I need to keep my Lance stuff. It's, it's still not even May yet. I'm really not ready to dive into the Trey Lance debates. We've already had way too many of them this season. Right, let me scroll for the board. Zoom out by one so we can see the whole thing. There we go. Um, let's see. Love stars. Is that like a? Uh, it's like monsters, but love stars, like a much kinder Space Jam three version or something. I drafted a lot of early teams where the QBs were going way further down the draft board. Those teams are so much stronger than what I'm able to build now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I draft. I think I might have been in the very first draft. Uh, or like it was it was either the first or the second big board super flex draft and it was the same thing I, I was you know able to get some of these quarterbacks a little later i do think i built better teams but that doesn't mean there's not that many of those teams and um it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be going to be better you just do have to think about how you structure right this is why i like this zero rb approach 
This is why I'm willing to take these shots on. Let's build a team with Anthony Richardson, right? CJ Stroud. If you like Trey Lance, um, Jordan Love goes off the board here, right? Bryce Young, Kyler Murray, right? Building quarterback rooms with those guys, I think is good to have in your portfolio and just being really thoughtful about how you structure your teams. Now that you know that kind of the first day was a little, was a lot different in terms of quarterbacks. It doesn't mean that these teams are going to necessarily be worse. They're just going to be very different for sure. Yeah. Ain't this the truth? Felix takes Najee Harris. Good thing you won a million. Literally trying to punt it off, drafting Najee every goddamn season. It's going to be glorious when uh, we'll do an in-season draft. I'll bring Felix on when Jalen Warren is the starting running back for the Steelers and Najee's his backup. Tuvi says, swapping wide receiver four for a tight end one feels better to me. So it's a totally reasonable comment. The counter is that the draft doesn't so this would be kind of I would rather spend that capital to fill out my starting position at tight end, which is again totally reasonable. There's nothing wrong with the uh non-Kelsey elite tight ends. However, the draft doesn't really give you what you always necessarily want or need in your lineup, right? So <laughs> this will be funny. So there's clearly two guys lining up for me here. One of which might answer your tight end thing, which would actually be, hold on a second. Okay, so there goes Pickett. So I'm taking Kyle Pitts again. I just said I wasn't, I didn't want to talk about Trey Lance yet again. And here we are taking Trey Lance or taking Kyle Pitts, basically the same thing. But to your, to that point, um, the draft doesn't like always and the player pool doesn't give you like what your starting lineup needs all the time, especially at tight end where, excuse me, it's so low scoring. You can just punt off the tight end position, guarantee yourself this superstar wide receiver group and not have to draft very many wide receivers. And so like you don't have George Kittle, like that's okay. Like it's totally fine. You can win with late round tight ends happens all the time. There's a lot to be said for going QB, QB. Yeah, for for sure. The problem is that if everyone's going QB, QB, how do you beat 30,000 other QB, QB teams in this tournament? With the same, You're going to have lots of the same combinations. You're not going to have any, right? What if Justin Jefferson is the guy you need, right? Um, where? I know we're reaching here but I got to get one of my guys, Sam Howell. I really don't understand why Sam Howell's going so late. Um, but again, I, I also understand, so we built out a quick little QB room here of Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, and Sam Howell to go with the four wide receiver start of Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave, and then Kyle Pitts at tight end. Um, I understand, just like I understand... It's like uh, we'll definitely be getting into this for the next four months, five months, whatever. Uh, aren't you worried about Anthony Richardson like not playing this year? Aren't you worried about Washington 
going to Jacoby Brissett? Like, sure. Yes. I mean, I'm very well aware that, like, there is a relative amount of risk in Sam Howell, given the fact that they haven't put the the uh, starting label on him. They haven't said this is Sam Howell is our – right, he has to earn it. But, like, A, it's Jacoby Brissett. If Sam Howell can't beat out Jacoby Brissett, then so be it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but I know that Sam Howell has a – A, he's in a pretty good situation. Carson Wentz was putting up some monster spike weeks at the beginning. Now, it's because they were losing by a billion and throwing every down. But still, Carson Wentz was putting up some big games. Taylor Heineke has put up big games in the past. Is Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. We'll see what, what shakes out at tight end. Good running backs. Pretty reasonable offensive line. Good offensive line, I believe. Um, I got to catch up on the Washington Commanders offensive line offseason. But, and then Howell is a borderline elite rusher at the quarterback position. He's not like Lamar or Anthony Richardson in terms of like pure athleticism. So I don't think people view him quite like they should, but he, he ran for 800 and something yards and 11 touchdowns in his final year. He started one game last year, scored almost 20 fantasy points, despite only throwing 19 passes in a win. They beat the Cowboys in a win for Washington in one house start because he ran for 35 yards and a touchdown. And so the power of someone that runs like that in a good offense, especially, it's just like, dude, in this format, like, I don't care. I, I don't care if he has risk in terms of that actual starting job. I care about at this cost when everyone else is right. We talked about Jared Goff and I, I, I'm not even sitting here trying to dunk on Jared Goff. Jared Goff won the second round. Jared Goff is a second round pick. Jared Goff went before Devonte Adams and A.J. Brown, and Austin Eckler, the RB1 from last year, right? Jared Goff, right? Kirk Cousins goes high. Derek Carr is a fourth-round pick. And I have, I'm have i not arguing really for or against those guys. But again, if I'm 2v2ing, if Sam Howell and Anthony Richardson, maybe C.J. Stroud or Trey Lance or whatever, those guys hit, I want Howell plus Tyreek Hill rather than Jared Goff and Brandon Ayuk. So it's just kind of always that, you know, of course they could miss. <laughs> they can miss. That's part of the risk. But I, it's not that I don't care about the risk, but in terms of how am I going to go try to win this tournament, that goes back to the like, uh, oh man, the day one ADPs were, oh baby. I mean, I got to take Ritter. I don't what what's going on, guys? You're you're really gonna gift me. I, I tried to go zero quarterback and make things really gross with some crappy backups later. And I got Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Sam Howell, and Desmond Ritter. Plus an elite tight end in Kyle, air quotes elite and in Kyle Pitts. He's elite in Madden or something, not in fantasy football. But Kyle Pitts and those four wide receivers. Now it's just freaking running back time, baby. Uh, B. Kurt says, Swift is the layup in the eighth. Yep, uh, I like Swift. I also like David Montgomery. I, the Lions running backs going in the eighth because we're worried about workload seems like overthinking it again. But again, there that, that isn't that a perfect reason to, damn it. Oh, I was going to be very excited to start this, this team with uh, 
Rashad Penny. I'm just going to add a couple of guys to the queue because I don't care that much right now. Let me look at the running backs. I am going to take... I'm actually going to take Khalil Herbert, as weird as that may sound, over James Cook. But I want to—I would like to keep my uh, a little bit of flexibility open. If because if I had a two v two James Cook plus who I was seeing a little bit down here, and I like some of these guys, of course, but it was like James or—and I'm going to say this, and someone's going to take Damian Harris. But I was like, if I'm going to get one of the Bills running backs, give me Damian Harris and Khalil Herbert over. James Cook and Brian Robinson as an example. So one thing that does suck a little bit about this format, eh, I don't want to say it sucks. It's a little bit more difficult to create stacks. It's also a little more difficult to create the stacks uh, when you go zero quarterback or, or zero running back, because I mean, I'm only going to have, okay, if I don't, if I'm not getting Kirk cousins early, not going to have a stack there. Tua goes in the second round, not going to Tua goes next to Tyreek, not going to get a stack there. Obviously, Hertz goes in the first round, not going to get a stack there. <laughs> car, I guess technically I could have created the, the car stack, but I did get Ritter with Pitts. Um, and Ritter is another one. Like, look, I don't think Desmond Ritter is good. I don't think he's going to be a, a great NFL quarterback, but I don't care. It's fantasy football. He does run. He has pretty good weapons. He has a, a head coach who we hate because all they do, all they did was run the ball. They did throw more with Ritter after Mariota got benched because Mariota was just a god awful passer. There's reason to believe Arthur Smith is is going to throw a little bit more, right? Um, what does any of that mean? I don't know. But Desmond Ritter is a dual threat quarterback with pretty good weapons and a pretty decent offense going in the hundreds. In Superflex? But Jared Goff goes in the second round? Like what? Marcus Mariota was putting up fantasy points. He was horrible. Trust me. I drafted a lot of Marcus Mariota last year. He was. I watched a lot of Falcons games because I drafted a lot of Kyle Pitts. He was terrible in real-life real football. Horrible. His passing was some of the most abominable shit I ever saw in my entire life last year. And the dude was dropping 20 fantasy points a week because he runs. And so in this format, I have four quarterbacks that can go put up 20 or more. God forbid if Richardson or Howell or you know Ritter pops or Stroud, obviously. Stroud, not as much of a runner. But he's not incapable of scrambling some. But also he could just be a good passer, you know, much better. I mean, he could go first overall in the – might end up being first overall in the draft. So anyway um, – Let's see. Yeah, this is funny. Al says Jacoby Brissett has that boot. Everywhere Jacoby Brissett goes, he ends up starting. That is true. Love Star says, I just force stacks and make up the ADP with sliding players. I built some nasty lineups. Yeah, there I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But for me in this particular draft, it like wasn't really possible. What was I supposed to do? I don't have a quarterback, and I'm only probably going to draft these four wide receivers. So how there's no real way for me to force a stack, but getting Ritter to Pitts is nice. Plus, that's the other thing with drafting uh, runners. Again, Stroud, not really a runner, but Howell, Richardson, Ritter. Doesn't really matter if you have the stack. All right, so we're sitting 
four quarterbacks. <laughs> That's the other funny thing about this format is you're like totally you don't even flinch. Like, all right, it's the eleventh round and you have four quarterbacks. And it's like normal. Very strange. Four quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Sam Howell, and Desmond Ritter. And see, the other nice thing about this is I would feel I feel comfortable stopping there. So we're gonna have a whole boatload of running backs, baby. If you like running backs, we are 45 minutes into this. It's now's your time. If you enjoy drafting running backs, this is the time to tune into the show. Uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna Samaj P Ryan this baby up. DFSR is Hooker still available? I assume so. Yeah. So ADP of obviously the other thing about these drafts is that you can look at ADP. It's all well and good, and it is important to get a gauge. But like particularly at quarter, you know, so quarterback dictates everything. You get in a room where people are drafting all the quarterbacks ahead of ADP. If you go look and you're like, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, Anthony Richardson has an ADP of sixty eight. Well, yeah, but every other quarterback went before ADP. You can't just think that Anthony Richardson's going to go at his ADP, too. And so I'm not saying that's the case with Hooker, but your comment just made me uh, just made me think about that. Yeah, let me make this pick, and then I'll have a little break, and we can talk through some of these some of these running backs. See, I just I, this is such a good t- now now I'm now I'm a little mad. I took Khalil Herbert because I would probably take Foreman here, but I'm just going to take Eli Mitchell. Like, I'll talk about Mitchell, and then we'll double back to P Ryan. Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. You're not getting a, a negative thing for me about, about Christian McCaffrey, certainly not on the 49ers. When Eli Mitchell came back last year, still Christian McCaffrey's backfield. But I've heard a bunch of sentiment that like, oh, once Christian McCaffrey you know, was there, Eli Mitchell didn't really get to play, and he only played in garbage time. Like He got some garbage time run, but like he was playing when he came back and Christian McCaffrey was there. This is not a 95% of snaps and touches for Christian McCaffrey backfield. Once Eli Mitchell was back, it was, let's call it 70-30. Even if you want to say 75 CMC 25 Mitchell. Like, that's still a role. And he was getting the ball at the goal line a little bit. Like, we know if something happens to CMC, Eli Mitchell is a stone-cold smash in this offense. We saw it, right? He was like an absolutely incredible running back in his rookie season when healthy. Now he has health concerns, but you're also getting him now in the 12th round as a running back on maybe the best rush, one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. They're not quite the Browns or the Falcons, frankly, but you know, one of the best rushing offenses, in the NFL, a good football player who has proven monster upside and who proved some level of standalone value. Right, he's probably going to have weeks where he scores a touchdown, fifty yards and a touchdown, even with CMC in there. And if something happens to CMC, uh, Yahtzee, right? You have a second round pick that you got in the twelfth round. P Ryan is almost a little bit of the inverse, where I think P Ryan's going to have a pretty big role. Like, board, like it's I think it's possible Javante starts the the season on the pup, or you know is very limited at the start of the season. Two reasons. One, I think this could also end up almost end up being a reset year for the Broncos. They brought in Sean Payton. The roster's not very good. They can get out from underneath Russ after this year. And they also probably need to know if Russ, if they need to get out from Russ underneath this year. But Javante, you know, had a very serious knee injury. Um, 
And I, I think that they play it slow with him in a year that they are more so kind of trying to understand, right? They're already shopping Judy and Sutton. They're, they just traded away some defenders last year. They brought in Sean Payton. They don't have a draft capital. I think it could be a little bit of a re like a, not a rebuild kind of like a Rams retool season for the Broncos. And so they brought in P Ryan and they've talked about it. There was a quote I saw today that was like, given how our running back room is and with Javante's injury, P Ryan was extremely important for us to get. He's just a reliable old back who does what he does in between the tackles. He's not super explosive, but he pass protects. He catches passes. If he's going to, you know, I think he's going to play a big role and then who knows, maybe Javante just, you know, isn't, isn't really the guy for most of the year. Who knows? Like I said, I, I, I don't know, but it's certainly, certainly possible. Um, all right, let's take, we're going to take a shot on See, Another nice thing about this zero RB in this, in this format is I know I'm going to take a boatload of running backs, right? And I was lucky in this particular draft to be able to get the quarterbacks that I got. But so I have Justin Jefferson, Tyree kill Devonta Smith and Chris Olave. And I actually have four quarterbacks that I feel good about. And then Kyle Pitts, right? I have a, again, air quotes, elite, elite tight end, but I could stick with two tight ends and four quarterbacks and four wide receivers and draft 10 freaking running backs on this team. Is that overkill? I don't know. We'll see what quarterbacks are available later, right? But I know my running backs are really bad. <laughs> my first running back is uh, Khalil Herbert. So I know I'm going to need to mix and match through it, but that allows me to mix and match through all these, right? Samaj P. Ryan probably comes out of the gates hot. In the playoffs, we'll see. I like Khalil Herbert just in general, but Khalil Herbert is you know competing with Dante Foreman, and who knows what's going on with Travis Homer, but he's competing with Dante Foreman for work. I think they're probably mostly going to split. But again, Khalil Herbert's super efficient. I expect both of them to be super efficient. And uh, so he has standalone value, and then he has huge contingent value upside. Same thing for Eli Mitchell. Some standalone value, huge contingent value. Devin Ashane, like, who knows? It's a mystery box. It could be anything, including a running back. And so I'm just going to cycle through some of those guys, these rookie lottery tickets, Oops. these rookie lottery tickets, and then, um, hmm. see, now we're gonna now we're gonna take Jalen Warren. Another Jalen Warren is like the dollar store Eli Mitchell. <laughs> He's gonna. I I'm sorry to tell you to all the uh, Naji people, Felix earmuffs. Okay, earmuffs. Jalen Warren's gonna play. Naji's not playing every snap like he did in his, his, his rookie season, Jalen Warren earned work and he continued to earn more work as the season went on. doesn't mean you can't draft Najee, not actually trying to dunk on Najee, but I'm saying Jalen Warren is like good at football and earned a role on the Steelers offense. I think there's a, actually, I don't think I would almost guarantee there is a better chance that this is a 50, 50 backfield than this is that Najee completely dominates, right. And gets 90% of the work. So yeah, earmuffs. Just, uh, well, timestamp that one for the people who love Najee to fast forward through the Najee fud. B. Kurt says, "JF, Jeff, Jeff." I turned redneck there for 
just two seconds. We got to Jeff Wilson is kind of a redneckish name, so I guess that I just read it in the Midwest Hoosier, you know, redneck twang. JF Wilson. Jeff Wilson has a lower ADP than Mostert. Surprising with Jeff Wilson getting more money. Yeah, I think um we just saw a little bit more of Mostert as the guy there. And I think people just like Mostert's still very fast, right? He kind of has that profile that's a little sexier. I would treat him about the same. I think maybe uh, I think I might have them right next to each other in the in the ranks. Again, I just put these together. Superflex is still new, so please forgive me if I don't have every single player memorized where I got them going here. But um, I think that they're both about the same. Definitely, the money is something to think about. But uh, if you wanted to put Jeff Wilson a little bit ahead of Mostert, I think that that's totally fine. Okay. See, this is my kind of running back room here, baby. Yeah, this is a good comment from... What the hell's going off my mouse? No, my mouse just died. I don't think 50-50, but 70-30 in regards to Najee Warren. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what I'll... I haven't done my projections yet, but if I'm pulling something out of my ass to say what am I going to project the backfield split for, I think I would say 70 Najee, 30 Warren. Sounds about right. <laughs> this is funny. Shout out Pangs. Look at all these fancy guys in this draft. Okay, I do need to uh, pull the board down a little bit and look through some, <laughs> some of these guys that guys that are available. There goes Hunt. I was interested in Hunt. I think he, he could land somewhere that really pisses everybody off for someone that uh, they're targeting. Let me look at run. Scroll down the board a little bit here at running back. Tajay Roshan, Sean Tucker, Abana Kanda, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby. We got Zach Evans. This is a rookie Chase Brown, rookie running back zone here. A little worried about Tajay. I still think Tajay can play. Really good football player, in my opinion, but just a little bit worried. I think he got up just over 200 pounds at the combine or something, but tested okay. Some of the lateral agility stuff is a little concerning. Just a little concerned about Tajay's uh, draft capital. You know, he could see he could be a good football player and just goes in the sixth round, fifth round, and uh, just a little concerned. Dogs are concerned with Tajay's draft capital as well. He's one of my guys. Tajay, probably Tajay and Kendra. Um, are two two guys I really like. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take one of these rookies to mix in here. I think I'm gonna take a Bandicand on this team. Um, let's see. Josh says that's oh my god! Somebody must be at my house. Literally, my wife just left, and someone shows up at my house as we're trying to finish up this draft. Thoughts on Rojo as a last as a last round pick. Funny you should ask. Rojo almost made the core picks list. Let me search for him on the rankings. He is, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but this is hilarious. The dogs are going crazy. I have Rojo, the RB60, 199th over overall. Give me one second.
Dogs love Rojo. Dogs are concerned about Taijay. I have Rojo 199th overall in the RB60. If we search for... So you see he goes off as the RB74, 238th overall, basically. We'll call it. I like Rojo. Um, Now I'm going to go reach for one of my guys. This is one of my dudes, Jerome Ford, as I mentioned. Um, Criminally, criminally undervalued in drafts, in my opinion. There is, of course, as with anyone in particularly in a backfield right now, risk with uh, the draft, or there's still free agents, right? Kareem Hunt just went, Kareem Hunt to free agent, Zeke a free agent. There is still risk in those guys losing what what looks to be right now Jerome Ford is clearly the backup for Cleveland is what it looks like. That could change. That could, of course, change. But I... I, th- I think they let Hunt and Dearness go. I think this was part of the plan. They took Ford last year. He's probably best player available. They knew that Hunt and Dearness were going to be gone. And, they, and they're spending a whole shitload of money on Deshaun Watson and you know other skill players and defenders. I don't think that they're going to invest in the running back position personally. And I think that even if they do, I think Jerome Ford will still be the, still be the backup. So you have the backup who was a uh, reasonably decent draft capital selection last year on what should be a, you know, pending Deshaun Watson getting better should be a good offense regardless. I mean, it's been a good offense when Baker sucked, right? It's been a good offense with bad quarterback play. I I can't imagine that Watson can, maybe he can. I can't imagine that Watson can tank a team with that offensive line, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Elijah Moore, David Njoku and Donovan Peoples Jones. And so, Ford has one of the sickest contingent value upsides imaginable. They run a bunch, they'll they'll run a bunch of 10 personnel now with Elijah Moore, in which shout out Lord Reeves, Rich Rebar cited to us that this was Nick Chubb, but also part of it is the efficiency of the offense. Nick Chubb averaged 7.1 yards per carry when the Browns were in 10 personnel last season, which is mind-boggling. And so I just think the Browns are set up really well, in particular the backs. Both the backs are set up really well. Um, and the other thing about Ford is, Jesus, this is sorry for the Jerome Ford tangent, but he, he kind of answers one of the questions in chat I'll hit next. He like could get, a, again, there could be a little bit of standalone value here. I suspect you know it's mostly just Nick Chubb's backfield, but Nick Chubb is never going to you know be old school Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson. Like maybe he can get to 75% or something, but they're just never going to play Nick Chubb every snap, nor should they, honestly. So like you could get some work from Jerome Ford, standalone value from Jerome Ford in that backfield. These dogs are losing their minds. Adam says, any rookie sleepers? going later so i was gonna hit the oh, guess i might want to make my pick before we head over there here's one that i'm gonna add to my running back room kendra miller i'm a big fan of kendra um i think people have fairly appropriately priced up the uh the rookie running backs and rookie wider rookie wide receivers i would guess that there's quite a few um still available pretty pretty late but um 
I'm just not drafting a ton of them because I'm because of kind of my strategy in these drafts, obviously. But uh, I, I think that diving into this tier of running back here, right from a band, you know, the Abanakanda, Roshan, Kendra, Tank Bigsby. I don't have any, honestly, like I'm not going to sit here, nor do I think any of us really should sit here and like say we know for certain exactly which one of these running backs it is that's going to be the man that pops out of here. But I think that they all have individual cases um, that would make that make for good bets back here. So I, I personally like like Kendra quite a bit. I used to like Tajay. I've soured a little bit on Tajay. I think Abanikanda makes makes a ton of sense back here as well. I do need to start looking at some tight ends here soon, huh? <clears throat> Gotten most of the running backs I'm interested in back here. You know, let's just let's just do it. Let's just let's just let's just Rojo it up. I mean, if Rojo actually gets that Zeke roll, no, he's not gonna get the Zeke roll in terms of the uh the passing down stuff. But like if he Tony Pollard is not gonna play every snap, same thing. Someone else in that backfield is gonna play. Forgive me if I, I mean, you, you could say the same, this exact same thing about uh, <laughs> Rojo, but forgive me if I don't believe that it's Malik Davis. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But like, this is probably Rojo's best shot. Awesome offense. They need, I, I think that they know that they need someone to do kind of what he does best. God bless him. This is insane. Dogs like Rojo, too. Dogs like Rojo. This is what you get. This is what you get from me solo from me solo streaming when the wife is gone at this time of day. This is full-blown energy time for the dogs. Yeah, this is funny. Off the Schneid says, cut to a year ago, and we were saying a lot of the same things about Rojo. I will say, I wasn't, I'm I'm more excited about I wasn't, I didn't draft that much Rojo. Last year, personally, I actually was drafting some Pacheco. Shout out to me for getting one thing right and lots of things wrong. I think this is a better spot for for drafting Rojo. He's also cheaper now than at least where he ended last year. And if he gets cut, he gets cut. I'm I'm, I'm drafting like nine or ten. <laughs> I'm drafting like nine or ten uh, uh, Running back cut to two years ago, and we were saying this. I, I think it's a it's an interesting um, point, but if you say if you don't evaluate every situation independently and ignore the fact that that player has burned you, if you don't do that, I know you're you're fucking around. And uh, look, I like to get shots in at Rojo too. I like to get shots in at lots of guys. If, but if you don't, you know, on a serious note, if you don't evaluate each one of these situations, right? Look, this player's burned you for two years. It's so easy to say, and lots of people will say, nope, never drafting them again. Never, right? Imagine all the people who've drafted Kyle Pitts and Trey Lance, like me. Just, nope, never drafting Kyle Pitts again. Well, he's 
I think we actually do know that he's a pretty good football player. I feel like he's he's earned that at least. What does that mean for fantasy? Who knows? But if I just say, nope, never drafting him again, like you're ignoring tons of situations where it plays out differently this time, right? The Rashad Penny. Two years ago, you said, I'm, no, I'm done with Rashad Penny. Dude gets hurt all the time. Can't draft him. Not doing it. And then he did get hurt. You were right. And you had no chance of winning without him in best ball. Right. And it's like, we just got to treat every And I, I don't think Rojo's as good as Rashad Penny, to be clear. Rashad Penny is a sick, sick runner. And it's going to be awesome on the Eagles. Okay. We got four quarterbacks, nine running backs, four wide receivers and a tight end. I'm going to take a tight end here. And then, um, Here's one of my guys. Can someone explain to me why Hunter? I know he had a, I, I understand that there was a, a, it was a, not a great season for Hunter Henry last year. That happens when you bring in Tweedledee and Tweedledum to run the offense and you don't have any really good, honestly, but now the, the wide receivers also are still not probably going to be awesome. I mean, Juju, what are we doing with the Juju thing? But like they brought in Mike Gesicki, who is just a wide receiver. You know what I mean? I, I think people are viewing, oh, Gasicki's in there. Now, we Hunter Henry falls off. Hunter Henry probably, A, Jonu didn't really po- end up posing any real threat to him over the last two years. They had no interest in using Jonu after paying him an exorbitant contract. But, like, Hunter Henry's still a really good football player. Like, I just don't totally understand why. Like, I'm not saying he should go in the 14th round, but he's like going undrafted in these drafts. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Okay, let's check some. Let's check some running backs. All right, I am going to take a tenth running back, and here's another one of my guys. I'm just going to scroll a smidgy. We're going to take Pierre Strong. This is another guy who I just personally think is good. I know that the Patriots signed James Robinson, but I am not personally worried about James Robinson. It's certainly possible that I should be, but uh, this is the James Robinson who no one even wanted to keep on their team last year. He was fine. Like he was, he was a totally fine player. Um, You know, his rookie season or on the Jags. But he had a very serious injury, and this isn't like some super explosive player. They spent reasonable draft capital on Pierre Strong. He also showed some talent and juice last year. I think Pierre Strong might just beat out James Robinson for the backup to Ramondre. And I don't think Ramondre is going to... Like, we saw Ramondre play every snap last season when Damian Harris was out. But I don't think that's what the Patriots want to do. So again, this is another situation where like, I think people, not you guys, and I I know not everybody thinks this necessarily, but people are like, oh, it's Najee Harris. He remember, remember he was, he was playing 99% of snaps, but like, that's not how the outlook is heading into this year. And so you just saw Ramondre play 99% of snaps for a long portion of last year and was awesome. And so you're like, oh yeah, Ramondre is just going to be the guy. I don't. I don't think at all, like, I don't know what I'll project that backfield for. That's very difficult to project at this point for sure. But I think I'll project Ramondre for less work than the average person does. 
Um, and part part of that is because I think Pierre Strong's good. So we will definitely we will definitely see about that. Love Stars says I have thirty percent Hawkinson. He is too cheap. I have no arguments. Uh, I, I'm not going to hate on anybody for drafting TJ Hawkinson. This is you know a fair point till Minnesota brings in a true wide receiver too. But I don't know who the hell that's going to be. Who? What? What? What wide receiver two is going to take away the Hawkinson's upside? Direct me to that dude. Because they they don't they're like there's no free agents. And who's confident in any of these rookies are guaranteed to be a true wide receiver two that is better than the than T.J. Hawkinson? Certainly not better than Justin Jefferson. Um, I will say, we'll get more to some sleepers later. Just remember the name Jalen Naylor. I think everybody's projecting K.J. Osborne as the the next man up there. I think Jalen Naylor, if they don't spend anything on uh, a wide receiver in the draft, I think Jalen Naylor has outs to starting in three wide sets, maybe starting in two wide sets if they don't want to play Osborne on the outside. And uh, he's good. Good at the game. Jalen Naylor. All right, let's run down the team really fast, and then we'll get out of here. As start as uh, discussed at the top, we went zero running back. I do still firmly believe if you joined late, go back and watch the beginning to discuss the zero running back strategy in these super flex drafts. But I feel, I mean, in, some people will totally disagree with me with this draft. They'll hate it, but I love doing things like this on teams, right? So everybody's chasing the quarterback position. We go Justin Jefferson over Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson. And then we go Tyree kill on the second round over Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Kirk cousins comes back around and it's either Devonta Smith or another quarterback that I'm not very excited for. So we keep pushing these superstar wide receivers and we come back with one more Chris Olave. And again, there it was, you know, him or Derek Carr or Ky- or an injured Kyler. Then it comes all the way back in the in the fifth, and we start taking the the young upside shots. Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, mix Kyle Pitts in as a tight end in the middle there, Sam Howell, and Desmond Ritter. I honestly love that QB room. To be able to get those four, to be able to get those, I have the best four wider, the best top four wide receivers. Which when you only have to start two, I think I have the best wide receivers in the room. Uh, John down here has got pretty Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, Mike Evans. He got pretty good ones here, but I'll take Jefferson, Tyreek, Devonta, and Olave. Mixing Kyle Pitts which gives me that flexibility at the tight end spot, and then I just get I get the four guys that I believe are outside of the top tiers are the guys you want to target. Richards, I'll throw you know like Bryce Young's in there, Jordan Love, probably Kenny Pickett. Those guys are in there. If you want to do the 49ers, right? Lance Purdy, those guys are all in that. There's a bucket where I'm just going to draft, like I said, four of those dudes on this team. And I got an awesome blend of upside and just a little bit of floor, right? We know Ritter is going to start. We know Stroud is almost assuredly going to start and Howell should. And so you get a really nice blend of upside and floor. You got your superstar wide receivers and you got a, an upside tight end in Kyle Pitts and then we just hammer mixing and matching 
the running backs with Khalil Herbert, Samaj P. Ryan, Eli Mitchell, Devin Asheen, Jalen Warren, Israel Abanakanda, Jerome Ford, Kendra Miller, Rojo, and Pierre Strong. So I know that some people will vomit at that running back room, and we and we uh, drafted Hunter Henry in the 19th round to go with Kyle Pitts at tight end. I love I love I love that team, and I think whether or not you like those specific players or the four ten four two team, right? You can move those chess pieces around. You can do some slightly different things off of there, but I think that's a good example of how you can implement zero running back in these super flex drafts. And even when it didn't break, right, I got the 108, which is like the worst spot to pick if you're if you're wanting one of those quarterbacks. And so I even like got locked out of quarterback. But by going zero running back, it still allowed me, right, to then just hammer that next tier of the young kind of more unproven quarterbacks to go with my superstar wide receivers and then just take as many freaking flyers on running backs as I can and try to hit the nuts on right running backs and and the the flex spots was able to even dip my toes into the elite tight end with Kyle Pitts, right? So I forget who it was what the was asking earlier about I would prefer to have the tight end, right? Basically got that. Didn't get it before my wide receiver four, but got the elite tight end. So um, I will not be back tomorrow. Rob will be drafting tomorrow with our good friend from Roto-Grinders, TJ Zorich. They'll be back tomorrow, and then Rob and I will be back on Thursday. We're, we're getting close. We're getting close to peak summer draft season. I really appreciate you guys coming and hanging out. That was a, that was a ton of fun. Again, Rob's back tomorrow. Check out the core picks for this Superflex tournament are up on the site. Rankings are up there if you're drafting NBA playoff best ball. Those rankings are up there and kind of a how to get started an NBA playoff best ball. Tons and tons and tons more content coming out as, man, it's almost draft season. We're a month away, basically, from best ball mania for dropping. So it's time to start getting ready. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your evening.